Shalom and welcome to Neshama Cast, exploring Jewish spiritual care today. Brought to you by Neshama, Association of Jewish Chaplains. I'm your host, Rabbi Ed Bernstein. Neshama Association of Jewish Chaplains has a membership of some 500 chaplains who provide spiritual care in many different ways, utilizing multiple talents and skill sets. Many of the members of NAJC are rabbis, many are cantors, some are even both. Today, we are pleased to welcome Reb Cantor Lisa Levine to NeshamaCast. She is an accomplished recording artist, worship artist, ritual artist, concert artist, and yoga prayer facilitator. And her voice is the voice we hear at the start and end of NeshamaCast. Lisa Levine, welcome to NeshamaCast. Thank you so much, Ed, for inviting me to be here. An honor. On a personal note, we crossed paths a few years ago in St. Louis, Missouri. I was privileged to attend song leader boot camp, the brainchild of the great Jewish rock star and song leader Rick Recht. SLBC is a remarkable annual conference for Jewish educators and clergy who incorporate singing and music into their work. As a professional chaplain, I attended a session on incorporating music into chapel chaplaincy and spiritual care, and you were the facilitator. It was a delightful session, and it's so good to reconnect today. Thank you. Rick and I go way back, and when I was excited about coming to Song Leader Boot Camp, I suggested this path of this facilitating music for chaplaincy, and of course he was very supportive. So we went for it, and it was a wonderful session. I'm still in touch with some people who attended that session. So I was grateful to be able to share some of my insights about music and how it really is integral to healing, chaplaincy, and the work that we do do as clergy. Yeah, and we will get into that in more detail, but Lisa, as with other chaplain colleagues who have appeared on the ShamaCast, I'd like to ask you to take us into your spiritual and religious origin story. What was your spiritual life like growing up, and what was the path that led you to Jewish spiritual leadership? Long and winding, uh, but very straightforward in opening a space, really, which began with my parents, Marvin and Shirley. I was born and raised in Bakersfield, California. They founded Temple Bethel of Bakersfield, were very involved in Reform Judaism, and even though my grandparents were quite religious, coming from the old country, they were first-generation Americans, both my mother and father, and they found their home at a Reform congregation led by Arthur J. Kolach, who was an amazing rabbi, and I grew up at Rabbi Kolach's knee, and he taught me a lot of what I learned in early childhood, including Ein Kelohenu, which he did as a game for the children in the religious school, and the first one to learn all the words would get a special pen, and I still have that pen to this day. And that was uh, formative for me, but um, my parents sent me to UAHC, then UAHC summer camp, where I met Debbie Friedman at Camp Swig, and that changed the trajectory of my life. I was only eight years old at the time, but I started playing 
playing guitar. I wanted to play guitar and my dad happened to have a pawn shop because his family set him up in the jewelry business after the war in Bakersfield. So I picked a guitar and I started playing and the rest is sort of history. I became president of my youth group. I started singing in my temple choir. I continued to return to Camp Swig. I became a URJ song leader. In between all of that, at age 16, I traveled to Israel on a kibbutz aliyah desk summer, which was 10 weeks. And once again, I just sort of filled in the spaces for me to make my life as a Jewish professional the path that I was going to follow. And I'm still friends with people that I met on kibbutz Enat that summer, dealing with them and hearing from them during this time has been really enriching for me, and it's been a very difficult time for everyone. We'll get into that in a little bit, but can you tell us how did you become a cantor and then a rabbi? Before that, I have to say that when I was 14, I won a vocal competition with a personal song, and, a, and the adjudicator of that competition was Joseph Husty, who directed the vocal programs at UC Irvine, and he recruited me, and I got a scholarship to UC Irvine. The first person in my family to go to college, which was really a big deal for everybody. When I was in college, I decided to spend my junior year in Israel to go back to Israel for another year because I I knew then that I wanted to be a cantor. I had been working at a local congregation and the cantor and his wife, Harry and Faye Newman, said, hey, you should be a cantor. You're great. I was conducting their youth choirs and involved in teaching. And so I took their suggestion to heart. I figured I'd go to Israel to learn Hebrew, which I did. And when I got back and graduated college, I applied to Hebrew Union College in New York. I was accepted, uh, even though I was a song leading cantor. At that time, it wasn't really a thing. Now it is. It's the Debbie Friedman School of Sacred Music. But then it wasn't a thing, and I was a song leading cantor. So they begrudgingly admitted me. (laughs) And I brought Debbie's, you know, we started doing more song leading in cantorial school. I became a trained cantor. And I was ordained in 1989 and then set off on my career as a cantor. It wasn't until 20 some odd years later that I had some tragic deaths in my family that led me into chaplaincy. And that chaplaincy path, and actually it was my brother, my my sister, and my mother who all died within a one-year period, it intersected with my exposure to Aleph Alliance for Jewish Renewal. I attended a kala in 2011 after my brother died died and I fell in love with renewal Judaism and I kind of felt like that was the place that I belonged spiritually even though I experienced a a career as a pulpit cantor which was incredibly rich just wonderful. But I wanted more. So my exposure to Aleph at Aleph Kala led me to apply to the rabbinic pastors program, the RP program through Aleph Alliance. And I began that program in 2013 and spent five years in that program. And that sort of opened up a whole new world for me and my music. I had been composing music since my first job in Dallas in 1989. I started writing songs and poetry. I've been writing poetry all my life, but I really started writing healing music very seriously. And then when I became a chaplain, I continued writing poetry and more healing music. And that has led me to what I do today, which is sort of a combination of all of those 
those things in tandem. And we didn't even talk about the yoga because yoga and music has become a very big part of my chaplaincy as well. Say a word about that, about your role as a yoga teacher. Moving to New York City was very stressful. So I found the outlet of calming myself and uh, making space for less stress and coping with just the everyday life of commuting from Brooklyn and all my studies. And even thinking about yoga, I'm slowing down my speech a little bit, which I think is important. Yoga Shalom, mm. which uh, was published published by uh, UHC Press, then UHC Press in 2011. Uh, my journey started, as I said, in New York, and then I continued studying until I began teaching yoga through prayer. I began experiencing yoga and then thinking of the Jewish prayers that would go with that. When the pandemic hit, I finally was able to get my certification, 500-hour certification for yoga, in addition to finally becoming certified and joining the Yoga Alliance. The Jewish Yoga Network has been very important to me, and I have online classes every Monday, and if you're interested in joining me, just go to my website, cantorlisalevine.com, and I'll send you a link to my classes. Great, and I'll be putting links to many of your creative outputs in our show notes. Lisa, as a cantor and musician, you bring a special dimension to chaplaincy and spiritual care. Can you speak more about the role music plays in spiritual care and how is music an effective tool in chaplaincy? When I did my clinical pastoral education work at Georgetown MedStar, that put me into a team of interfaith chaplains. My specialty was music because I'm also a cantor. And so when I did my verbatims, I began writing music and poetry poetry is part of the care that I was giving to my patients. I have some vivid memories, but three really stand out to me. First of all, I had a whole music playlist that I carried with me in my chaplaincy notebook, and I would always ask the patient if they wished me to pray with them and sing something for them, and the answer was always yes. And it was an interfaith hospital, so I learned a lot of interfaith music, and I included music that might be used at the end of life or just for people who were in pain or who needed healing. Where was this hospital? This is Georgetown MedStar University Hospital in downtown Washington, D.C., where I commuted for two years, commuted like two hours one way. So, and I did overnight on-calls there for two years. Those on-calls gave me the deep dive into bedside chaplaincy and also gave me the opportunity through my CPE, which is really a study about self as it applies to walking and joining others through their pain. It gave me the opportunity to deeply join others in their journeys, whether it be life, death, or healing. So on Christmas Eve, I did the on-call overnight, and there was a woman in the ICU. I, of course, visited the... My regular floor was like an elective surgery floor, but on overnights, I would be called to the ICU practically every time. And I did overnights every week, so there was a lot. And it was Christmas Eve, and it was a Hispanic, beautiful Hispanic woman, maybe in her 60s, with many children. They were all standing around her bed, and they had called me, and I got a page, and I went up there. She was close to the end of life. I didn't know how close. 
and I get kind of emotional thinking about it, but I invited all of them to stand around her bed and take hands, and I had no idea what I was going to offer them. They're Catholics. So I just, you know, I just came through me that I started singing, Silent night, holy night. And they all started singing with me. Everyone was crying, and we were together. And what it did is it opened this bridge. It opened space for them to say goodbye. And that experience really changed me. I mean, it gave me a deeper understanding of how music affects people, and not just of the Jewish faith, of all faiths. Funny enough, when I visited Jewish patients, they would often not want me to sing, but non-Jewish patients would always want me to sing something. In fact, I walked into a patient's room, and he just had his leg amputated, and he was in a wheelchair, but he was so upbeat. I introduced myself. I said, I'm Reb Lisa. I'm the chaplain here. I was just wanting to introduce myself. Is there anything you need that I can share with you or do for you? And he said, oh, chaplain, oh, sing me a, you know, I want to have you sing me a song. Pray me something. Bring bring some healing down. I need healing. And I, I said, well, okay. And so I just made up a song. And the song that I wrote was, bring healing down, bring healing down. And I used, oh, God Almighty, bring healing down. I would often use language that people of other faiths would be able to connect with. And that song became Bring Healing Down. And then I kept asking him, you know, what else do you need? Oh, I need hope. So bring hope down. What else do you need? Oh, I need I need peace. So I added all those verses to that song, and that became part of Bridge to Peace, which is pretty much my chaplaincy CD. That's amazing. And our current president of NAJC, Rabbi Joe Ozerowski, was on this podcast when we first launched, and he talked about how when a chaplain prays with the patient, sometimes the prayer functions as a reflection of what the patient said. And you're not only doing that, but you're turning their words into a song, which is really remarkable. That's exactly what I did. And and I mentioned that as part of my chaplaincy, I, I was writing one of my patients was a Jewish patient and I followed her. Following means over a period of months and and years she would come back to the floor and I said I was on an elective surgery so she started she had her toe cut off and and you know we were were joking and we started creating this relationship together and then the next time she came back uh, well she had her foot cut off and that was really dramatic but she was really upbeat she had an infection and they were going to catch it and then about two months later I got the page and I walked into her room, her leg had been taken. And that was a much more radical realization to me that this woman, this lovely woman who I'd made this relationship with may not may not make it, you know. And that's when I wrote Bridge to Peace. Um, and I wrote the poem first and then I went back and as part of my verbatim, I, I created this song and I'll just share just a little bit with you. I am a bridge to peace. I close my eyes and breathe. I'm ready to receive your healing love. My heart is open wide. Truths I cannot 
Bridge to peace, bridge to peace, bridge to peace, bridge to peace. That's really beautiful. Lisa, you mentioned your song, Misha Beirach. I must say that I consider that to be one of your signature songs. In fact, I knew that melody before I knew it was by someone named Lisa Levine. Could you share any backstory to your inspiration to write Misha Beirach, and particularly the lyrics at the end of the song, hear our prayer and bless us as well? Because when I do a Misha Beirach, my focus as a chaplain is the person in front of me. I'm not thinking about myself for others necessarily. What's the backstory for blessing us as well? Well, this prayer was written for Cantor Stuart Piddle, and I had worked with Stuart at a URJ Kala, and we became close, and he died really suddenly. And I was living in Des Moines, Iowa as a cantor at that time, and I this song just poured through me. I really felt Stuart's presence there, and when I created the song, I was felt him saying, well, I'm gone now, but I want to bless you. I want to bless you on your journey of healing. I want to bless you, and I want you to know that I'm with you. And so hear our prayer and heal us and bless us as well was sort of Stuart saying, well, all of you are still there, so we want to make sure, I want to make sure that you're blessed and I'm blessing you. So it was um, just kind of an angel's blessing, I guess you could say. And I love using angels on my new CD, This Holy Place is a song called B'Shem Hashem, which is the angel's blessing. And I love the idea of using angels of in all directions, especially Raphael behind us. He's the angel of healing, but all of the angels to, to protect us. And I think that Cantor Piddle was protecting me and that prayer just became an anthem actually for minion services as well so it wasn't just for healing it was for after healing for mm. healing the ones that were left behind mm. let's listen to Misha Beirach by Lisa Levine Misha Beirach Sarah, <laughs> 
That was Misha Beirach by Lisa Levine. Lisa, this interview will be released during the Hanukkah season of 2023-5784. We alluded earlier to the very stressful time that we're in right now in the world. We're recording this about six weeks after the terror attacks in Israel on October 7th, and we're recording amidst the backdrop of war in Israel and Gaza. What does Hanukkah mean to you this year at a time when things seem very dark in Israel, the Jewish world, and perhaps the world as a whole? Well, obviously, rededication, freedom. The Maccabees were fighting the Assyrian armies, and they were greatly outnumbered. Things haven't changed a lot. Uh, There were peoples around us who wanted to wipe us off the face of the earth, and many times they tried. They did not succeed. I just returned from a trip from Eastern Europe. And I was in Poland, I was at Treblinka, I was at Auschwitz, Birkenau, did a series of concerts in those places with cantors, and it was an incredibly emotional time because it was all with the backdrop of the war going on, all of us uh, extremely worried about our loved ones, our family members, and there's a prayer called Achenu, which I love, which prays for our soldiers and our captives, and on this holy place I have an anthem called In Your Loving Arms which is also prayer for soldiers. It's in Hebrew and English. I hope everyone will take a listen. But I think mostly this Hanukkah, what I want to believe in is the light that is created by the kindling of the Hanukkah lights will bring light into the world. Each one of us is a candle. I wrote a song about it. Well, Lynn Metrick and I wrote a song about it called We Are All Candles. And we're dancing in the darkness. And like a menorah, we are shining bright. And I believe in the people of Israel who are shining bright through this tragedy. The captives who have probably no light, I think about them all the time, and I pray for their release, and all of my family in Israel is praying for the release of the captives, and we also pray for everyone in harm's way on both sides of this conflict who are just victims, really, of hate and terror. And in this country, too, we are experiencing anti-Semitism in a way that I never thought I would experience in my lifetime, and it's very scary. So the light and the kindling of light reminds us that even in the darkest places, there is hope. You've written and recorded songs for Hanukkah, as you mentioned, and two of the songs are We Are All Candles and also Ma'oz Tzur, your version of Rock of Ages. Both of these songs you recorded with Lynn Metric, who I believe is deceased. Could you share a bit about who Lynn was and your artistic collaboration, and then we'll listen to the songs? Well, Lynn and I met at Temple 
Shalom in Dallas where I started my career. She came into my life and we began collaborating almost immediately on music. She was an excellent guitarist and she had an alto voice where I have a more a high range soprano. So we started writing music together and we actually recorded one CD, Keep the Spirit, in Dallas. And then when I moved to Des Moines, Iowa, where we went to raise our kids, I wrote a grant for the Iowa Arts Council and we recorded a second CD, In the Light. And it is a CD dedicated to diversity and uh, very proud of the work that Lynn and I did. A Rock of Ages is a co-write also with a dear collaboration friend of mine, Ruth Bennett Parrish, and we're still singing together as well. So I know I love to collaborate and Lynn was my duo partner. We toured for many years and I miss her very, very much. So let's listen to We Are All Candles and then Rock of Ages. We Are All Candles on the In the Light album and Rock of Ages on the Keep the Spirit album. We are all candles dancing in the darkness like a menorah. We are shining bright, our spirits carry the flame of Spirits carry the flame of freedom. We are all candles dancing in the night. We are one family on this great blue planet. We can make a difference, each and every one, when we work together to help each other. We are God's partners. In Tikkun Olam We are all candles Dancing in the darkness Like a menorah We are shining bright Our spirits carry The flame of freedom We are all candles Dancing in the night We feed the hungry Care for the stranger we help the needy, we ease their plight. We are begun unto the nations. We are commanded to do what's right. We are all candles dancing in the darkness like a menorah. We are shining bright, our spirits carry the flame of Light, 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 light
Those words and those lyrics just so appropriate for today, really. And also there's a video of We Are All Candles that I created with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater DC. You can go on my YouTube channel. It's it's really fun. I added another section to that song after we recorded it. It's the Shalom section because I wanted to have all of the students be able to do, uh, all faiths do the Shalom, Salam, Shalom, Salam. Okay, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I noticed, Lisa, you know, we to get back to the situation in Israel right now, the great, iconic Israeli singer David Broza has been <laughs> traveling around Israel giving free concerts to kibbutzniks who've been displaced from their homes and lifting their spirits, and other artists have done the same. What is it about the power of music that helps us get through challenges? times. Music is everything. Music is what has kept me going through the pandemic and music is constantly playing through my head, especially when I'm stressed or I feel traumatized. Uh, music just makes me feel better. It opens a space for healing. It opens a space for understanding. It opens a space where we can be quiet and not speak, but to listen for listening. And it gives us a common feeling of commonality where we can join together and feel Am Yisrael Chai. And I love David Broza. He's one of my favorite artists. I uh, brought him to Temple Shalom a few times and have uh, stayed friends with him over the years. And he's just one of the best people in the world. So let's talk about 
your newest album, This Holy Place. Could you talk about the background and inspiration for this album? And what is the holy place that's on your mind? Well, this holy place is really where we are, our here and now. You talk about our here and now and chaplaincy. And this holy place is the space that we are in that enables us to walk through the world and be there for others and also to listen. And to open our eyes and say, wow, this place is holy. Maybe I didn't even know how holy it is. I'm looking out my window and seeing the beautiful trees in my yard and thinking, wow, what a holy place or this space that we're in that we hold space for others in. This holy place really just started as an EP, just a few songs. And I went to Beth Stiles, who is an amazing producer, and she started working with me on these songs. And slowly the, <laughs> the list just kept growing and growing and growing. And I, I then wrote Gesher Tsarmaod and then Karachamov got picked up on a national High Holy Days compilation. So I had to record that. And on that day was an upbeat version of Bayom Hahu and I started doing it just to lift my own spirits. So I just kept adding to it. And then Gomel Blessing got picked up for the High Holy Day for another compilation. So I had to record that. Adonai Natan is a real, really good chaplaincy song because it's the words of Joe. Adonai Natan, Adonai Lakach, Yehishem, Adonai Mavorach. God gives, God takes, blessed be the name of God. That particular song was written for a friend who lost her daughter in a tragic accident. And I created that song for her. And I felt I wanted to add it to the CD because it meant a lot to me in my chaplaincy. And then this holy place is just a big gospel anthem for returning after the pandemic. We gather here today to celebrate this holy place. Our hearts are filled with love. We're back where we belong. And that is in community together, face to face, not on a Zoom. I want to come back to one of the songs on your This Holy Place album, Gesher Tsar Ma'od. The world is a, a very narrow bridge. There are a number of melodies to the words attributed to Rabbi Nachman of Bratslav. The whole world is a narrow bridge, but the important thing is not to fear at all. What drew you to these words to provide your new musical interpretation to these words? Very simple. It was the return after the pandemic. It was my first bat mitzvah that I had done after the pandemic. And it was supposed to be in a tent. And there was supposed to be like, you know, 40 people there. And everyone was supposed to be masked. And I walked into the venue because I, I was in New Jersey. And I walked up into the venue. And it was not a tent. It was enclosed. There was 200 people there. And they weren't masked. <laughs> And I turned around before the service and I wrote this melody and I thought, oh gosh, I've got to keep it together here. Just, you know, just breathe. Yeah, I can do this. Kol ha'olam kulo, the whole world, this is just a narrow bridge and all I have to do is not to be afraid. I'll just cross this bridge. I'll get over on the other side. Everything will be fine. So as I do often do, I grabbed my phone. I turned on my utility for a voice memo. I recorded the melody real quick and it became Gesher Tsar Ma'od. Okay, let's listen to Gesher Tsar Ma'od on This Holy Place. Kol ha'olam kulo Gesher Gesher Tsar Ma'od Ha'olam kulo Gesher Tsar 
כל העולם כולו גשר, גשר צר מאוד, העולם כולו גשר צר Lisa, we're nearing the end of our time. I'd like to play one more song from your new album, This Holy Place, and I'd like to conclude on a hopeful note. Your song, On That Day, strikes a very hopeful tone. Can you talk about this song, where it's rooted in our liturgy, and what you strive to accomplish in this song? The end of Aleinu, Aleinu l'shaveach l'adon ha'kolnen, bayom ha'hu, bayom ha'hu. And I always, you know, that's the farmer in the dell melody. And while <laughs> I love that melody, it never, it never really fit. To, I mean, it was, it's, it's in a major key. So, you know, and everyone seems to love that melody. But um, when I was doing it one day, I thought, you know, I want to keep that upbeat style, but I want to write something for my band that will be appropriate for the band and the choir. And as you heard in a lot of my other music, I like to include my bands and my children's choirs. So I thought this would be a good one for them. And we ended up singing it a lot with the band and the choir. And just a side note, as part of the English, I used to say, instead of saying, we'll all live in peace, I said, there'll be no more COVID-19. I used to just make up words like... <laughs> and so feel free to add whatever lyrics you want. Let's listen to On That Day on Lisa's album, This Holy Place. On that day, on that day, yeah, yeah. On that day, on that day, yeah, yeah. On that day, on that day, yeah, yeah. On that day, on that day.
But I wanted to uh, just let your listeners know, Yehiyeh means it, it will be like, let it be sort of, uh, there will be, and then there's a dot, dot, dot. And the English part on that day, the world will live in peace and everyone will be free. You know, I feel like, I mean, we'll have all that we need. There'll be no hunger, no war, no famine, and everyone will be free. And I think that that's the message that we all need right now. Yeah, it's beautiful and it's very hopeful and upbeat. And we do need that message now. Lisa, as we arc towards conclusion, I'm wondering if there's anything else on your mind that you would like to share along the lines of music and spiritual care and getting us through difficult times. Well, there is a song that I wrote called Lo Ira, and I wrote it for the pandemic. And the the end, as chaplains, I use the end of the words of Adon Olam a lot. Biyado afkiduchi ve'etishan ve'arira ve'imuchi gaviati Adonali ve'lo ira. Lo ira means don't be afraid. And I think, and this is sort of the anthem that got me through and is still with me. And I just want to share with your listeners just the chorus and perhaps you can go back and listen to the whole prayer. And I want to offer this as my message to everyone. Just don't be afraid. Lisa Levine, it has been a joy having you with us today on the Shama Cast. May you be blessed to continue to touch the souls and warm the hearts of everyone you encounter. Thank you for being with us today. It's my honor. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste. Neshama Cast is a production of Neshama, Association of Jewish Chaplains. Thank you to Reb Cantor Lisa Levine for being our guest. For more information about Lisa and links to her music and creative works, check out our show notes. Special thanks for technical and logistical support to Rabbi Katya Filo, Allison Atterbury, NAJC Chief of Operations, Rabbi Ben Flax, NAJC Executive Director, and Rabbi Drew Kaplan and the NAJC Social Media Committee. Theme music is a nigun for Kianu Amecha, written and performed by Reb Cantor Lisa Levine. Please help others find the show by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. We welcome comments and suggestions for future programming at neshamacast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow NAJC on Facebook to learn more about Jewish spiritual care happening in our communities. May we all work together to heal our world.
Stop. 